Welcome, everybody, to the Sequel Sequel Podcast. This is the podcast where we take turns pitching a sequel to a movie. Uh, today's movie is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? But before I talk about that, why don't we, uh, why don't we introduce ourselves? I'm horrible th- with uh, introductions. I'm horrible with words. So uh, I'm just going to go around the table and uh, maybe just tell us a little about yourself. Hi, I'm Callan. I'm a fucking ray of sunshine, and you're lucky to have me. I'm Mike Mayfield, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit is my favorite movie, so I felt a lot of pressure coming up with the <laughs> sequel that would live up to the original. I'm Chris Wallace, a.k.a. Bit Chris, a.k.a. Compton Animator. Um, I'm okay with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, too, I guess. And that was my phone going off like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this movie really freaked me out. Like, I saw this as a kid. And I don't remember it being as traumatizing. Maybe it's, it's one of those dark. things. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those things where if you experience trauma in your youth, like your brain just blocks it out. So just so you can move on with your damn life. But like I, I watched this movie a lot as a kid and I do not remember like that whole entire last scene with the bulldozer and him sitting oh, up. Yeah. Like I was a very fragile child. I had a lot of anxiety. I was um, constantly afraid of tetanus as a child. Very weird. Don't worry about it. But like I had a lot of anxiety. <laughs> And you would think this would have really fucked me up, but I don't remember it fucking me up. So thanks, Brain, for well, blocking good. that out. I, I tend to remember the, the yeah the the kid the, the kid friendly parts, and I remember the, I don't re- remember the other stuff until I watched it again as an adult, and I'm like, oh yeah, the, this crazy ass villain at the end, and like all oh this crazy God. shit happening. Yeah, yeah. I actually like, had to hold my dog close and be like, it's okay, villain. buddy. This isn't that scary. It's funny because I don't. I remember this movie later on, but. The thing about Roger Rabbit I remember the most is a short where he's in a hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tummy yeah. Trouble. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the one. I remember that more than the movie. But, like, I saw some stuff recently. I was like, oh, that's right. And this was the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I forgot, like, Bugs Bunny and all that stuff was in oh, it. Oh, it's so good. So, the uh, synopsis for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Down on his luck, Private Eye, Eddie Valiant gets hired by a cartoon Not producer. Not Danny DeVito. Not Danny DeVito, Bob Hoskins. The great, late, great R.I.P. Rip. Uh, by cartoon producer R.K. Maroon to investigate an adultery scandal involving Jessica Rabbit, the sultry wife of Maroon's biggest star, Roger Rabbit. But when Marvin Acme, Jessica's alleged paramour and the owner of Toontown, is found murdered, the villainous Judge Doom vows to catch and destroy Roger. The release date for this movie was June 22nd, 1988. The director, Robert Zemeckis... Uh, the original novel was written by Gary K. Wolf. Uh, the screenplay was written by Jeffrey Price and Peter S. Seaman. Uh, <laughs> Bob Hoskin plays Eddie Valiant. Christopher Lloyd plays Judge Doom. Charles Flesher uh, voice acts Roger Rabbit, Benny the Cab, Greasy, and Psycho. And Kathleen Turner, who's uncredited as a voice actress for Jessica Rabbit. How do you get away with not crediting the voice of on, Jessica? On IMDb, it says she's uncredited. I believe true. you, but how do you get away I've with that? I've read about it before. I can't remember exactly. It's like the singing voice and the, the acting voice were two different actresses. But somehow, neither are credited. I don't remember the exact in and out of how it happened, but yeah. Interesting. Somehow she didn't. Justice didn't for take Kathleen. The credit or whatever. <laughs> well, you got to remember at this time, women weren't that important. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Chris. 
This was this was the eighties. <laughs> this got a seven point seven out of ten on IMDb. A 90, Bullshit. Uh, no, yeah, well, I no, I agree. Ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That sounds That's more better. like it. That's better. Uh, a positive review. A ten out of ten. Nothing short of miraculous by La Gremlin. I like miraculous. Let's just watching this movie. It's so exhausting to watch it because the plot is completely insane. Yeah. It's a very tight. It's great, but it's totally tiring to watch. And then knowing how much went into it. Like, just thinking about how much work it was to create this film makes me want to take a nap. Yeah, somebody, I forget the dude's name, recently did a little short on, on how this movie was created as, as far as the animation part of it yeah. goes. And just watching that was oh like, my God. yo, because they really had to track a lot of yeah, stuff. They didn't and, have any of the digital tools that we yeah. have now. They were like doing multiple passes through an optical printer on yeah. all the film oh. stock to like make a hole for the character, make shading layer, layers for the character. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. All this crap. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a technical feat. Yeah, and then from honestly. a production standpoint, like the copyright you have to go into with all these characters yeah. and stuff, it's just completely yeah, exhausting. Yeah, like the Bugs and Mickey scene, <laughs> yeah. there was crazy rules. Like yeah. one yeah. character wasn't allowed to talk mm-hmm. first, and they had to have the same number of words in each of their lines, and it was <laughs> like all this crazy legal like wrangling just to like get those characters to appear on screen together. Yeah. Nap time. And just the lighting itself was, I remember they was talking about how like, you know, you had to figure that out with shadows and everything else. And mm-hmm. like if a shade move or a lamp move, it would mess the animators up because it's like, right. we have to reanimate that and stuff. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it's amazing this thing Puppeteers on set yeah. to like carry physical objects yeah. that the animations would eventually carry. And Yeah. Yeah, miraculous is a good word. It is a miracle that this was created. I think the most interesting part is that a lot of that stuff is not done nowadays. So yep. you, once you look at that movie and you see movies now like a Transformers, it's like, Oh, he's not looking at the robot. Because <laughs> there's nobody there that's saying there's a robot there. They just say, look up. And then a negative review, one out of ten, a stupid movie with not enough cameos of cartoon characters by Lee ABC123. It's my new mortal enemy. <laughs> not enough? He says this movie is not, not enough. enough. I would argue too much. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, perfect amount. It's it's probably someone that doesn't know anything about how movies are made. What was his username? Uh, Lee ABC one two three. Lee ABC one two three can suck it. Don't know shit. <laughs> he can he can fight us. Lee don't know shit one two three. That's yeah. right. Burn. He's crying somewhere. <laughs> all right, so it's down to get to it's it's uh time to get down to business. All right, we're gonna argue. We're going to banter. Hey, maybe we'll have some moments of uh, true friendship and and, uh, cheer. Or fisticuffs. Yeah, (laughs) but we're going into round one. Round one. The pitch. Describe to us a paragraph-long pitch for your sequel idea. Once each each pitch is pitched, uh, you'll debate for however long it takes. Okay, who goes first? Me? Callan. Okay, so originally I thought, let's just jam this into the, uh, <laughs> jam this in, into the Space Jam reboot that's happening with LeBron James. <laughs> that was my original idea, but then I couldn't figure out a plot for that. I was going into a, an idea about uh, LeBron James being a disgraced basketball player for de- deflating balls, which doesn't make any sense, and then joining the Space Jam team, and then Roger Rabbit. I just couldn't, I couldn't get there. That's so, Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. Well, yes. I also don't know anything about sports. Um, so this this wasn't working for me. So instead, I thought of, what if we flip the roles here? 
Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2, 12 Angry Men. It's a courtroom drama where Jessica Rabbit <laughs> is accused of murdering Roger Rabbit. The jury is a uh, jury of their peers, their tunes. It's a musical uh, directed by... I guess we discuss that later, but we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. But there's there's twists, there's turns. It's wacky. Christopher Lloyd's still in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Roger's dead, but Judge Doom is oh, there's alive. A, there's a twist, sweetheart. Don't oh, worry. All right, all right, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. But yeah, right. courtroom drama, um, but very much in the vein of Chicago. Let's be real. It's it's Chicago, but Roger Rabbit uh, <laughs> with puns. Um, and that's, yeah, that's my pitch. 12 like Angry it. Tunes. Cool. 12 Angry Tunes. All right, Mike Mayfield. All right. Oh, are we discussing? Are we? We're, we're all pitching. Pitch first, all right. and then discuss. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna pitch. So my sequel is called "Whatever Happened to Roger Rabbit." Yeah. Slight oh. tip of the hat to whatever happened to Baby Jane. Ah, it's yes, got a, yes, a similar creepy vibe. So this one takes place. So the original takes place in the 40s. This one's like maybe 1960. Uh, so Toontown's become a slum because R.K. Maroon's son has taken over Maroon Cartoons, and he's brought in all the TV, the TV era of animation, the shitty animated stuff like Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> They're like the new thing because R.K. Maroon's son blames Roger for his father's death in the first movie. He's blacklisted Roger as a communist because oh. Toontown is a commune because at the end of the first movie, they through his will, through uh, Acme's will, mm-hmm. all the tunes on Toontown. Uh-huh. So now... He, he accuses them of being a communist thing because they all own it together. I like this. Red so now, vibes. yeah, so Toontown has, is a slum. Everyone there is like, all these like classic cartoon characters are all like down on their luck, having hard times because these new guys have moved in, like the Flintstones. We're going to see Gumby in this one. <laughs> yes. We're going to see Huckleberry Hound, Rocky and Bullwinkle. All these like not as well animated characters are now the new stars and TV is king and all these like former short film stars are like super down on their luck. And (laughs) (laughs) and so in the midst of all this, uh, a serial killer starts killing off tunes. Yes. And they start, they find, they find like characters. It can't be famous characters because obviously they're still around, but the George Jetsons and Fred Flintstones of this new uh, Hollywood, they they keep discovering them murdered with dip written on the walls that say things similar to the Manson murders of Helter Skelter and pigs. Oh, that's but funny. it would be more tied to this world. Just say, Jetson! Dip, dip, yeah, Jetson! <laughs> written on the wall. Uh, and so, basically, Roger gets blamed. Everyone thinks Roger's killing off these new TV stars. Uh, of course he isn't, but... Because Bob Haskins is no longer with us, Eddie Valiant's character has also passed away. Oh, okay. But Dolores, his love interest from the first movie, she's Roger's new hero. Oh, cool. So she swoops in to help him crack this case of who the serial killer is, like it, why he's power. killing off these these TV stars. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably uh, I'll end it there. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Chris. Okay, so mine starts off with Roger and Jessica at a picnic. And they're both chilling, having a nice time. And out of nowhere, a beam comes down and shoots Jessica off. And Roger's going crazy. He don't know where she's at. And A beam? Yeah, Sorry, a, keep a going. Big blue light just shoots down and just picks her up and just shoots her off. And he don't know what's happening. And next to his thing, he knows. He just sees somebody materialized right next to him. And it's Jordy from Star Trek. <laughs> 
and he tells him, Roger, we know what happened. Come with us. <laughs> and then he gets into a spaceship and he sees Daisy Ridley's character from, oh, no. from Star Wars. I forget her name. Ray. Ray? Yes. He sees Ray and they're off to on an adventure. So this is Roger in space. <laughs> what they find out is that somebody has kidnapped Jessica and they've been tracking the person who's kidnapped her for a while now. Their two universes have accidentally collided and they're trying to uncollide them. But they need to, in order to do that, they need to stop the guy who's kidnapped Jessica. It's Jar Jar Binks. He's teamed up with them. (laughs) Jar Jar has teamed up with the Cleons, who the Cleons now think that Jar Jar is actually one of their lost princes. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. He isn't? So now Jar Jar is in love with Jessica, and now Roger has to get the help from the Enterprise and the help from the Falcon to get his girl back. All right. All right. Wow. <laughs> so it's kind of going off of the themes of two, um, what do you call it? Two franchises coming together. Oh, sure. Yeah. And stuff like that. Three. It's three franchises. So you could jam three. even more into that. We have 12 Angry Tunes. We have Whatever Happened to Roger Rabbit. And we have Roger in Space. Roger in Space. <laughs> Catchy. Uh, let's hear why uh, yours works and the others don't. Well, um,. I'm going to be real. I think Roger in Space is an issue for like Disney. Well, I don't know. I guess it now owns. It's the sixth movie. Is what I, that's the only argument I'd say. No. Is Roger in Space is number six. I mean, what? It's Leprechaun, num- Jason, they all go to space around movie six. It's number one. I, w- I just <laughs> worry about the Star Wars nerds. You know, the Star Wars nerds got so fired up about The Last Jedi, which was a perfectly fine film. Can you imagine the rampage they will go on if we shove Roger Rabbit into a Star Wars movie? Now that doesn't Disney own Star Wars now? Well, yes, yes. but I'm talking about the fans, those nerds, you know, those the nerds who are going to climb up greased poles They're and burn down anything. cities. Yeah. They're going to hate all three of these ideas and then yeah. some. Well, that's true, but I'm I, I'm more worried about those rabid Star Wars fans. They're just very scary people to me. You know, that's just me. Okay. Nerds. Well, um, okay. So Roger in space is it canon with all of those franchises? Like, is it is it inserting itself into Star Trek timeline, Star Wars timeline? Yeah. Okay. So, but it's it's basically like an offshoot. So it's a side story. Wait. It's a side story for the other two timelines, and it's a main story for Roger. So basically, exactly how the first Roger Rabbit movie happened, to where it's like nobody knows the timeline for Looney Tunes or Mickey Mouse now. So we're just going off of whatever their timeline is, coming <laughs> at a certain point in time, and they're going on a side mission. Well, sure, but I think it's fairly established that Roger Rabbit is existing in the 1940s or so. And Star Wars is in a galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago or whatever. So, but I guess Toons don't don't die. Toons are immortal, right? That's something we learn. Star Trek has went to Earth. Yes. They went to Earth in... Well, Star Trek I'm not worried about. It's more Star Wars that I'm concerned about. Technically, Star Wars has recently time traveled as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, wait. Mm. Really? Yes. What? Mm. How? In a, one of their latest little TV show thing, they had an episode where one of the characters goes through, and I haven't watched the full episode, but I've heard about it a lot. To where um, they go and they go and sure. start, start time. The animated show. Yeah, the animated show. I mean, time is an illusion. Let's be real. <laughs> and the only thing that transcends it is love. So, so. Well, basically, both of those are in not dimensions that we're currently in. So I'm just saying, both of the dimensions come together, and they're trying to separate them. And they're trying to make sure. it stop. So, so Chris, I'll let you have it. what does your pitch have that these two other pitches are lacking? So my pitch number one, it has the thing that kind of 
made Roger Rabbit what it was, which was two franchises coming together. And number two, it's starting off something different and something new. So especially with the acquisition of Fox, now you really have <laughs> something to kick <laughs> off that instead of just going straight to Marvel or anything. I mean, you get you can you bring Simpsons in. Yeah, you can bring oh. anything in. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> you can really. Oh man, thank you for helping my pitch out. <laughs> <laughs> and for theirs, like. Which one was the court drama? Yours, the court drama? Oh, yes. So, yeah, like the court drama? Who's going to watch the court drama? Come on. And I'm just going to sit there with my little kids and be like... Chicago is an Oscar-winning film. I've never seen Chicago, so that makes it bad to me. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I'm going to make the obvious argument. Mine is a clear sequel. Oh. Roger Rabbit wasn't a musical. Judge Doom was dead at the end. Roger was alive at the end. And then Chris. I didn't say it was still you, Judge Doom. I said every, it was still Christopher oh, Lord. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then Chris's is every cinematic universe there is. Only two. <laughs> Only two. Well, three, because the Hoover and Roger Rabbit universe is well, one where all the space. tunes are alive. They're going into space, so the tunes are on Earth. So, and if we want to add something, we'll have a tune drop in here and there. You know? Sure. <laughs> Disney owns them now, so, you know, we have nobody to talk to. Do t- tunes transcend space all. and time? <laughs> well, I... If hey, Mickey, I, if Mickey Mouse says it is, then Mickey Mouse. Gets that's what true. Mickey Believe wants. the mouse. Hail mouse. Mickey gets what he wants. Mickey is our overlord. So with which with each one of these, are we looking at like this is the next movie, and then there's movies after it, or are you looking at it as more as like we're making a sequel, and then it's just two and two and done? Yeah, I think this is the sequel that no one asked for. It's like Mamma Mia two. Like <laughs> no one wanted it, but it's happening anyways. It's going to make money. Okay. I'm looking at straight to DVDs from out here on. So after this, <laughs> we go. <laughs> so I want Roger at the diner. Roger. <laughs> sure. So like, you know. I would argue mine is the immediate sequel to the first movie. Mm-hmm. But then Callan's can be the third movie. Chris's could be, I'd still say the sixth movie. That's I think true. there's a Fast and Furious crossover that comes before Chris's. I think <laughs> there's. Toon Keo Drift? We're family. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Toretto, uh, jo- uh, Roger joins the Toretto family. You know, Roger. I mean, this movie is so insane. You can really shove it into anything, and it's it makes a little sense at least. So, with Twelve Angry Tunes, yes. Have, do you have any ideas of like who's on the jury and what kind of wacky, oh, I have a list. wacky stuff they do? I do have a list. Um, okay. As far as the wacky shenanigans, I don't know. I leave that up to them. They're improv actors. These tunes. Twelve Angry Men is actually one of my favorite movies. So it's great. I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty intrigued by this. Oh, he's well, you now. Okay. Um, I mean, we need the obvious ones. We need Mickey. We need Bugs, Daffy. You know, all that stuff. We got to okay. have the the main cast. Goofy? Um, then I. Um, I just put Goofy's son Max because I wanted to switch it up. It seemed a little too obvious <laughs> to put in Goofy. But I guess you could. I don't know. Maybe Goofy's deceased. I don't know. Maybe Anyways. Goofy's dead. I don't know. Maybe this is a side plot. This is the B story. I don't know. Um, I felt Pepe Le Pew would be important because, you know, skunk jokes are always funny. I don't know um, if he would work in this era. Would he? No. Pepe? Pepe could do anything. Yeah, I mean, when does I mean, this take place? Whenever you want it to, honey. You think, <laughs> but do you think people are going to see this... Pepe Le Pew, the guy who just goes and takes what he wants. Okay, fine. We can switch. <laughs> well, yeah, hey. Yeah. 12 Angry Men has that hot jury box room where everyone's trying to open windows. That's right. Pepe Le Pew oh, see, that's gives the them an excuse to try to open the windows and stuff. Thank you. That's the he's gag. Touching on everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to add in some more recent Disney characters. I tried to look up more recent, like, 
not Disney characters, and I just wasn't inspired. So I added a Sebastian the Crab because I feel like he has a lot of opinions. Oh, okay. And uh, the one that I think is really going to draw the box office, uh, Olaf, is on the is on the jury. Ugh. Yeah, ugh, I know, oh, but Josh Gad, I know. <laughs> it's money though. These are so, this is selling tickets from that terrible movie. I didn't from watch Frozen. the movie. Oh I, I, yeah, I, that's yeah, terrible. the horrible oh, snowman right. from Frozen. I was like willing to see it, and then I saw that short before Coco, and I was like, I'm never. Seen oh, Frozen that short in my before Coco life. is a uh, insult to that cinema. Was garbage. It's anyway. the worst thing ever. Anyways, but we got to sell tickets. Coco's great. And they killed the short. They pulled it. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's not well, theaters yeah. anymore anyway. As but. they should have. But yeah, we got to sell tickets here and bitches love Olaf. You know, we got we to gotta, <laughs> we gotta, uh, appeal to the lowest common denominator, Olaf's which are the people that enjoy Olaf and uh, Minions. I guess you could put a Minion in here. You have you have two of them. <laughs> minions count. are the bailiffs. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay, right. cool. So then who is the, what is it, Henry Fonda that is the guy that disagrees at first? I think it's Henry think Fonda. So. Uh, who who's the tune that would disagree? Like to be the the lone disagreeer, and then everybody gradually turns their. I don't know if it's that hmm. close to a Twelve Angry Men. That's a good adaptation. question. That's a good question. I mean, according to my list here, maybe Goofy Son Max. He did go to college, um. So I think he would have some. <laughs> so we want to have him skateboard while he's at it. A- sure. I also have Marvin the Martian on here. He doesn't speak though. That he speaks. Yeah, he yeah. talks. He talks. The minions it. don't, but Marvin does. Well, no, minions I mean, are a bailiff. Minions. Are the bailiffs? Right, so they right, don't right, have right. any opinions in this. So they you're don't not gonna have, have a the stake. judge do the uh, look at the bailiff and do all the little goofy things. Oh yeah, it'll be all TV. wacky. It'll be uh, Christopher Lloyd who looks like a corpse now, just kind of being wacky with some minions. <laughs> does he not look like he looked like a corpse in this movie? Like, let's be real. Yeah. God. I think maybe Donald would be the uh, the instigator of all this because he's just got too many opinions. You know? what's, what's on trial again? Uh, Jessica Rabbit. She's being accused. Uh, Roger's of, dead. Roger's dead. He's gotten hit Jessica by a piano, murder. as as the movie goes, uh-huh. and uh, Jessica is accused of. Are you allowed to killing tell us him. yet if Jessica's innocent or guilty, or is that coming? It's coming. Okay. All right. I All can't. Right. Well, I guess this is that's like the third part where we have more okay. story. Right. Great. Yeah. I, I've got this figured out. It gets it gets weird. Um. But yeah. So it's a. But th- then there's the musical numbers and so forth. Um, All right. We'll get there. Cool. Don't worry. I've got puns. And then a follow-up question yeah. for you, Mike. Uh, so this is taking place, I, I imagine, like post-McCarthy era. It's right after the McCarthy era. 60s, right as TV animation is Turbulent huge. 60s kind of stuff, It's right? a little before all the like civil rights stuff because I want that like tension in the air. Oh, in okay. the first Roger Rabbit movie, let's be real, it's a civil rights movie. Yeah. That's it is true. a civil rights movie. Yeah. It's about this class of people they're being shat on and how they're... Finding a way to rise above that. Cool. But yeah, this movie has still has that tension of like pre civil rights era and it's just after McCarthy era, so that's why Toontown's a slum now. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's right in between. It's right in between there. So do uh, Callan and Chris, do you agree that Who Framed Roger Rabbit is sort of like a uh, um it, it, it's making a commentary. It's like oh, an sure. allegory, a social allegory. Yeah, I mean, when I was watching this, I was surprised by how much went over my head as a child. I mean, they've got a lot of, there's a lot of really hard topics they hit. We got alcoholism, police corruption, false accusations, false convictions. 
and so forth. Even a uh, really fun commentary on LA traffic, which I always appreciate and didn't yeah. understand. Buying public, yeah. Yeah. public transportation. Yeah, which I you know, it. totally over my head as a little girl in Louisiana. Yeah. What so I remember, he was really racist towards. Wasn't the detective dude Bob Hoskins? Wasn't he like racist towards tunes? Yeah, well, yeah, tune, because yeah. well, a well, tune killed yeah, his brother. He didn't used to be, but then tune killed his brother, and he became that. Yeah. Oh, that old story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that plenty of times. <laughs> Well, the I tune reached for something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that wraps it up for round one. Uh, we got some. Sh- hey, we got some strong pitches here. All right, so I just about to do an ad. <laughs> <laughs> this is brought to you by no sponsors. Um, I want to dig a little bit deeper. I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to go into round two. <laughs> round two, which is the team. Describe the director whether it's the same director or not, as well as any cast additions and subtractions and any anyone else worth mentioning. Uh, Callan. Okay, so the director I was struggling with, but the produ- it would definitely be produced by Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg because they're both sellouts, and let's be real, this movie is a sellout. <laughs> um, so I've got, um, as a director, I was, I was kicking around a few. One, I think The Rock is looking for his directorial <laughs> debut. Oh my God. I mean, he's the reboot king. He's gonna be. He's gonna want to direct something soon. I would support it. I couldn't really figure out how to cast him in this movie, but I would let him direct it. My second one is uh, M Night Shyamalan because there's a big twist at the end here, and that's oh on brand for him. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, otherwise, my uh, my other ideas are Chris Columbus because I think that would be the most reasonable of family friendly comedies. And uh, lastly, the Coen Brothers because you know they like the wacky shit. Oh, they like this wacky stuff, and they can make it a little dark, a little so, spooky, a little noir. Is it all these people coming together to co? No, these are different options. Okay. I, I really couldn't land on one. Okay. You know, one. I got to choose right. one. Yeah, I, I, I'd say narrow it down. Maybe narrow it down to yeah. I, I'd say I'd say let's pick one. Okay, I don't. The tr- studio's forcing you to pick. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with The Rock. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think it makes the most sense because this doesn't make any sense. So um, for the cast, we got so there the main characters. There's Jessica Rabbit, obviously. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Christopher Lloyd is still there, um, but it's his it's Judge Doom's evil twin brother. Uh, um, he, I don't have a clever name for him. I uh, it could still be Judge Doom. That's, that's true. The last name. That's true. That's, yeah. that's true. It we could never be learned during Judge first name. Judge uh, David Doom. And he was Judge Do- Joe Doom. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So Christopher Lloyd is still there. He's the judge. Uh, we got Jack Black. He's going to be uh, Jessica Rabbit's defense attorney. I-, I named him. I called him Mr. Gus Gallant because it's a... Oh. I went through the thesaurus for Valiant. Okay. And I was like, we got to make this We got to make this go together. I was thinking Danny DeVito, but I think Jack Black, again, is uh, really... With Jumanji and all that, he's really getting into the reboot game. And I think he'd sign on and be cheap. Um we got uh, Jane Lynch as the prosecutor. She's got a thing for Jessica Ooh. Rabbit. And uh, if she can't have her, no one can. So she's trying to nail her to the wall and, get, and send her to jail. Uh, Woody Harrelson is the detective, because I just think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's my main cast here. And then Minions as bailiffs and uh, the aforementioned jury, uh, including Olaf, for box office reasons. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mike, All how right. about you? Well, I got... I got three directors in mind. I got to go with... Uh, so reach out to Robert Zemeckis if he's into it. Maybe uh, out of respect, you give it to him. But I'm leaning more toward Darren Aronofsky. Get this yeah. thing super dark. The first one's dark. Get this thing even darker. Mm-hmm. Like make it violent, scary. Make it scary. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I thought of 
is uh, I had to look up his name, admittedly, but Matt Reeves. He directed oh. Cloverfield, the first one. Mm-hmm. He directed the last two Planet of the Apes, which admittedly I haven't seen, but I want to see. They were good. Because I know they're great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So he knows how to add live action with... Is he supposed some, to be doing Batman? I don't know. I don't know. He's attached to the new Batman movie, okay. which doesn't sound like it's going to happen. <laughs> but he seemed like a good candidate to me because I want this thing dark and gritty. I want it to look a little bit like a documentary. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that Cloverfield kind of like found footage. It's not exactly found footage, but I want to have that found footage at least feel to it. Cool. Uh, as if you're discovering these murder scenes where these Jetson-type cartoons have been killed oh, like sure. for the first time. So I thought I thought Matt Reeves would be a good call for that. Can I ask cool. a question? Yeah. How graphic does the uh, murder and murder scenes get? Well, because Toons can only be killed by dip, it's all going to be like green slime, like goop. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, but... I'm going to have a human get killed by a tune a little later. Nice. And that'll get real graphic. <laughs> cool. Good. Good, good, good. Um, so Roger is still played by Charles Fleischer. One week ago, I saw Charles Fleischer at Whole Foods oh, in the no. parking oh lot. He was wearing like an affliction type of uh, black shirt with like fucking weird squirrely skulls and shit sure. coming off oh, of it. Wow. He looks rough, but <laughs> we're bringing him back. We're helping him out. That's true. He can um, use help. He's Joe I mean, now. he's that was a brilliant voice he did for Roger. Yeah. So we're bringing him back. Um, and Roger's down on his luck now in this story. So if Charles Fleischer has a bit of gravel in his voice now, <laughs> that can only help. Roger's uh, seen some shit and has, he's in a, a bad place. It's the truth. So Eddie has died. So Bob Hoskins obviously is out. Mm-hmm. But if the studio forced me, I'd cast Danny DeVito yeah. to okay. reprise the role. But I don't want to reprise the role. But hey. Hollywood has its own rules. Sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. If I had to, it's Danny DeVito. Cool. Dolores, Joanna Cassidy, bringing her back. Mm-hmm. Same actress that played her in the first one. And then for R.K. Maroon's son, the, the new head of, our, of Maroon Cartoons, I'm going either Michael Shannon mm-hmm. or I'm going Michael Stolbarg. Uh, because both of them look a little like the guy who played R.K. Maroon, mm-hmm. and they're both great actors, Very and practical. they can both be scary. And this guy needs to be scary. Mm. Cool. That's it. That's what All I right. got for my cast. I I'm gonna ask you to do the same thing that I asked Callum. Let's narrow Let's narrow down uh, the director choices. We'll just go with Matt Reeves. I'll just pull the trigger. Okay. Cool. I'll cast, go with the risk. We can keep the cast open ended, but I I think I think. I, I think Sure, I'll pull the trigger on Michael Stahlberg because he's been in a lot of stuff lately and I liked him and everything. So Cool. All right. Decisive. Yes. Chris. So for mine, I'm going straight easy and J.J. Abrams going to be my director. Yep, <laughs> I support he's, that. He's done Star Wars. He's done Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Hey. Mm-hmm. And now he gets to do his cartoon. How I much Lens Flare? I think he's done animation before too. Uh, he or has, at least his studio I looked up something because I almost picked him because of something, but I don't remember what it was that I looked up that he was involved in. Well, Are you yeah, gonna let him do his lens flare? Uh, yeah, I'll let him do his lens flare. Okay, but <laughs> if we let him do his lens flare, we can make it a part of the story too. That's when right. Roger Rabbit sees the lens flare. He's like, "Ah, oh, my eyes!" <laughs> Hilarious. Like so yeah, like so we have all that. Then what's his name? Um, Jordy Lavar Burton. He's in it. As oh yeah, playing that's, his that's character. Good. And mm-hmm. then Daisy Ridley's playing her character. And then we can just have plenty of other people from the Star Trek universe and from the Star Wars universe come in. But I think the more funnier thing is to have more side characters come in and people that you may not remember or you may not know. So, like, 
you have some goofy alien that you saw in one episode of Star Trek come in and you have somebody who you barely remember from Star Wars come in and stuff like that. So I think that'll make Would you it. have other tunes come in? So like Donald Duck could be with some weird Star Trek alien? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll be kind of like how if you ever seen Kingdom of Hearts and stuff like that, we can have... Oh, uh, sure. It's a video game. Oh, all right. All yeah. Right. And it's like you, the Disney video game where yeah, they this, jam all the characters into one Disney, thing. It's Disney mixed with Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. yeah I've seen yeah, I've never played it, but I've yeah. heard a lot about it and seen a lot about it. My nerd friends like it. Yeah, my nerd friends like it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so that'll be my cast. Keep it short, sweet, and simple and stuff like that. And we have everything we need right then and there. With the Star Trek cast, is are you uh, limiting it to one... Um, series of Star Trek or no. just anything? We're like we can have we can have Kirk, we can have Patrick Stewart, we can We're have it just it doesn't matter. And are you going to have both uh, the original series, Kirk and Spock, and then the new movies, or is am I thinking too hard about this? So because every because what JJ not only what JJ Abrams did, but what the old movies did, everything in Star Trek is linked. Right, that's true. So. So we can bring back the Shad. So you can bring back whoever you want because everything is linked up. And then with Star Wars, again, everything is linked. So I can even go to stuff that's, you know, maybe, well, they probably won't let me do not canon. But a lot of the older stuff, like everything, that's all that goofy stuff. Oh, sure. You know, like to get the fans see where you were saying that a lot of the fans won't like these two coming together or what. They'll like the fact that I finally made Jar Jar the bad guy. Okay, that's and a great selling point. That'll be the point. redeeming that's, nugget. And yeah. I like at the fact that at the end, once the Klingons, Klingons figure out that Jar Jar is not one of them, we get them out of here. Right. And because this is a podcast, I have to note, I've motion my yes. neck being slit. <laughs> <laughs> Jar Jar's throat will be slit by yes. the end of this movie. So oh, that'd be so fun. What color does he bleed? We'll pick a funny color. Okay. <laughs> we'll pick a funny It's important. Color. He'll probably bleed out another tune. I don't know. <laughs> sure. So I'm going to ask the three of you a uh, similar question uh, as to last round. But uh, these teams, these teams, what makes your team better than the other choices? Well, I'm focusing on the box office profitability here with my team. You know, Jack Black, we got Jubanji. It was a hit. It was great. The Rock. I mean, who doesn't love The Rock? He's the highest paid actor right now. And uh, I think he's a very talented man. Uh, he also has a cute dog, which is important to me personally. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the profitability of my my cast is very important. You got to have those big names, drawing those those people who shell out their money. Not the movie pass people; they don't give you anything. <laughs> but they do. But yeah, do they, they give you data? Money. That's important. You already started beefs, so now the movie pass people's not going to see your movie. I'm okay with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> How about you, Mike? All right. Well, mine is the most uh, fan service to the people of the original movie. Mm-hmm. It's not caring about box office. It's not caring about other franchises. Hey, it's I'm just like thinking what true Disney to is the storyline. It's what if the cameras kept rolling after the first movie? I'm giving you that with artistic integrity. Okay. That There's it's no integrity for, it's for in Hollywood basic, anymore. This is a movie for me only, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's what I want to see. I want to see what happened once the universe of Roger Rabbit started going into the late 50s, early 60s. Well, you should probably keep that in your basement with you. Then. <laughs> because my movie is about the fans. My movie is about fun. My movie is about love. 
It's bringing. It's about love. <laughs> yes. Oh, so sure. Roger Rabbit's trying to get his girl back. Sure. It's about love. Sure. And my movie has to do from reading Rainbow. Come That's on. important. <laughs> that is love. Reading Rainbow. We can bring back uh, Mr. Rogers and Bob Ross, and it just can be a big love. Oh fest. my god! Like <laughs> it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, like my movie is is the antithesis of what the original Vocab. movie was of bringing these two franchises and telling a story with it. Mine is doing exactly that and it's keeping it going. Plus it's jumping off with this new merger of Fox and Disney with these two, another two franchises of those same ilk coming together. So, and we won't have the type of beef that was going on with Warner Brothers and Disney. So it ain't going to cause a headache for Disney at this time. It's true. It'll be all rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> yeah, see? And reading books together. Yeah, okay. See? Well, okay. I guess more specifically, I. so with your ideas, right, like um, what are the problems with the other ideas as opposed to the strengths of your ideas? Yeah, like, like, for example, like uh, Chris... What are some things you notice about uh, whatever happened to Roger Rabbit and 12 Angry Tunes regarding the team that you don't care for? First, she picked Jack Black. <laughs> okay. The audacity to put that He's a man very in, talented to man. Put he that has man a band. In another movie? Come on. <laughs> he's, he's he sells just, Jack Black is just not funny. He sells tickets. Did you see Jumanji? Say, I didn't, but that's people the liked it. I, I saw Jumanji. Jumanji. He's back. The Jack Black is back, baby. That's <laughs> damn true. It's See? the first time I've found him funny in a decade, hot but take, he was so fucking funny in that hot movie. I take Jack Black is not Chris Farley, so why are we still looking at this <laughs> man? Chris Farley's dead. We have to use what we've got. We got Jack Kalifanakis here. Hey. We got our guy now. Hey. We have, uh, Black is back. That's if all I'm, I gotta say. If I'm making a movie that's pandering... other chubby white dudes to replace <laughs> <laughs> If I am pandering to the reboot... The reboot and he's already been in plenty of reboots. Why yeah, that's why have... I'm pandering to the reboot thing we're doing in Hollywood now. We're just going to go full force here. See, we're not. I'm not pussyfooting about listening. here. She's pandering to you. She doesn't think. Yeah, you're smart. that's what Hollywood does. We're pandering. See, she says she's Hollywood. I'm not Hollywood. I'm just a Star guy Wars who has a Hollywood. dream. <laughs> no, Star Wars. Star Wars fan. Are we Hollywood? No, they look down. Disney on us. buying foxes in Hollywood. Disney fans. Are we Hollywood? Fox fans. Are we Hollywood? No, we're the small guys. It's her. She's sure. a guy. Sure. <laughs> Jack Black is a uh, big Hollywood here. Jack Black here. is evil. Yeah. And then also with The Rock, are we going to give this man another movie? Yes, we are. He's doing Rampage. He's doing. He's a star. Man. Well, he sells tickets. Everything. Okay, so this is Rock's directorial debut. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Are you going to mm -hmm. trust a wrestler? I love wrestling. But are you going to trust a wrestler directing? I absolutely am. I think The Rock is a very wow. talented man, and I'm standing by it. He's talented. He has a smile. That's it. What he's going to do? Look at the cast? I mean, my other options are... <laughs> my other options are M. Night Shyamalan. Doing doing a good job. Would, would you he... rather M. Night Shyamalan direct this? No. 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 I wouldn't rather M. Night Shyamalan, but I wouldn't choose M. Night or The Rock. Well, M. Night, he, he likes twists, and there's a twist at the end of this. Do you want me to switch it to the, the Coen Brothers? The twist is his career was fun. bad. <laughs> I think the Coen Brothers would be fun. You want me to switch to that? They deserve it. They, they, would, they would have fun with it. Wes Anderson. Ah. Courtroom drama. Lots of like symmetrical shots yep, yep. I'm standing by the rock though zoom I ends. think yeah zoom in I ends. do not smell what the rock is cooking is what I'm trying to say and <laughs> you and don't but all of America does honey 
<laughs> and with Mike's choice, Matt Reeves can't even figure out what he's doing right now. So why would I even pick him? He can't even control the Batman stuff that he's doing. Hey, I've heard, the, Plan- I've heard those Planet of the Apes are good. The last two Planet of the Apes movies were pretty mediocre. I agree with that. The uh, second one I, I was seen them, one so of the I most sexist films I've ever seen. There's one good. female... There's one female character who is like a mother nurse, and uh, the other female character is the mother ape, and that is the entire yes, yes. female representation in that film. So you got to say, well, hey, I'm forcing him with Dolores being our human hero. That's right. I'm forcing, I'm forcing him to break out of that shell. I do like that girl power. Dolores I appreciate is that. Be a stripper by the end of the movie. I'm standing here right now. <laughs> <laughs> got to make ends meet. And with my movie, come on, there's nothing but happiness. There's nothing but happiness. LeVar Ball. I mean, not LeVar Ball, but Jordy. <laughs> I'm calling him Jordy. LeVar Burton. Oh, I mean, just the presence of him <laughs> does not make it Snuggles in Love. You've still got like yes, space does. fights. And we have Daisy Ridley, too. That's Snuggles in Love. The girl is beautiful. She's a nice person. <laughs> Everything is going to be Jack beautiful. Jack Black, I'm sure, is a very nice person. The Rock is a very nice person. I follow him on Instagram. His the dog is that so you cute. Bring the, oh, I was going to make a hot take, but I'm going to keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> But the fact that you keep breaking up Jack Black is just baffling. Really, Jack It Black? makes sense. We need a short guy, short chubby guy with dark hair to kind of mirror the role of the previous I could walk outside film. right now and I could find you one of those. <laughs> but he will not He will not sell the tickets that Jack Black does. How yeah, many times have you seen School of Rock? I've seen it a hundred. I've seen it's, it once. He's classic. I've never seen it again. I saw the first 10 minutes on an airplane. Oh my God. It's an <laughs> amazing film. You're lucky. It's You're so lucky. good. It holds up too. All right. Well, okay. I'm, I'm getting a more of an idea. I'm, I'm starting to picture these now. All right. Um, I have my thoughts, but I'm going to keep them private. All right. Oh, wow. mm. um, now, we're coming up on the uh, third round. All right. And then after that, I'll ask you guys some, some follow-up questions. But the third round. Round three. Is uh, the scene. This is the juiciest round. The scene, your choice of either a short description or a short excerpt from a script. Pitch a scene from your sequel. So, another thing that I think is going to make the, my, uh, my film successful is the music in it. Because, I mean, it, people love to buy shit on iTunes. You know, these, these songwriters are all going, going up in there because they want their best original song, Oscar, so they can get their EGOT. So we're going to use that to our advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be heavily Chicago-influenced, obviously, because, you know, we're talking about a lady murdering her man. It's hilarious. It's wacky. That's so hilarious. It's scary. <laughs> it's a musical. So our, the main, one and of our centerpiece scenes is going to be the Cell Block Tune Go, uh, where... Jessica Rabbit and other lady lady tunes sing the cell block tango, mm. but with a lot of animation puns and whatnot. And they've all committed different crimes. So like Daisy Duck is a shoplifter, and uh, Minnie Mouse. I'm it. gonna go with money laundering. Um, and then who are some other ones? Wait, what else can we do? Uh, some other lady tunes. Yeah, some other lady tunes. Judy Betty Je- Boop. Betty Boop, prostitution. The, the you know, oh, wow. they're all in for these wacky things. They all have a verse olive about the, olive the, oil. The grandma yes. from Looney Tunes. Olive oil has been poisoning things. Poisoning. Right. He's been. Po- she's been poisoning it. Popeye's spinach, and uh, she's on trial too. That's a side plot. So we do. This is our our big number where we're dancing around in the in the jail cell. What about like a sexy Tex Avery nurse as a angel of death? That's fun. I love that. That's great. <laughs> and then, of course, there'll be more. There'll be more songs and more puns. It's not going to be purely Chicago, but it is heavily influenced. So we've got like uh, Mr. Mr. Cellophane could be like uh, Mr. 
cell of frames? Nope, that's terrible. That's bad. <laughs> we'll figure out the animation puns with all the Chicago songs. Uh, we might throw a little bit of Abbott in there because apparently people like it enough to ask for Mamma Mia 2. Um, I really just want to please the people. Oh, Abba. Abba. Yeah, I was like, what is Abbott? <laughs> cool. So that that's my big scene. But do you want to hear about the, uh, the big plot twist at the end? Absolutely. I think it's going to be the really... Bust, bust it out. Okay, so the movie starts with, you know, us finding... Roger Rabbit's squished dead body. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. It's horrific. There's blood everywhere. Uh, she's 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 hauled in, and she's put into jail. You do the cell block cell block tune go. Uh, Jack Black has to go and figure out the truth and whatnot. At the end of the movie, we find out that uh, Judge Judge Doom, the second Judge Doom. Well, he's the twin, right? He's the, the sibling. Yeah, the sibling, the evil twin. Yeah. Judge David Doom. <laughs> let's let's separate him from the first uh, Judge Doom. Judge David Doom, it turns out, as the verdict is being read by Mickey Mouse, the verdict is being read, and he uns- and the judge unzips his face. It's Roger. It was a gag <gasps> the entire Whoa. time. He was always, also, always a tune. Full circle. And he just rips off his skin, and Roger's like, isn't this funny? And everyone's like, no. And then it ends. Cool. I, I I'm digging All it. Right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Did you see that coming? Yes. And I no. give her movie <laughs> a three out of five. Hey, that's average. pretty good. That's a that's a sixty percent, which would hey, still be fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I will say, in the lore of Roger Rabbit, he does do everything for the gag. That's right. That's true. He didn't take the he fucking handcuff off for half the movie because it wouldn't have been funny unless he took it off way later because <laughs> he could just slide it out of it. So hey, I will say. Thank you. It's in keeping with the character. I think it's important to kind of create a mirror of the original movie to kind of like have throwbacks to all of it. And to and also orig- a gag of the original movie is that like it's so obvious that this guy is evil the whole time because it's Judge Doom and all this. So I want it to be equally obvious that there's something wrong with this guy. And then he rips off his face in a really horrific fashion because I enjoy that kind of thing. And it's it's Roger being like, <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. uh, Mike. All right, yourself. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch the scene that I want to see in this movie, and then I'm just gonna kind of tell the ending the way Callan did. Okay. So my favorite scene in any movie is from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Big surprise! Mm-hmm. It's Donald and Daffy. Oh yeah, dueling pianos. I could watch that anytime, any day. It'll bring me to tears. It makes me so happy. But so, in doing research for this, because, yeah, I did research for this because I'm a nerd, um, I found that, that Walt Disney didn't want to make cheap cartoons for TV. So, what he did instead was he invented this character named Ludwig von Drake. He's mm-hmm. that duck that looks like Scrooge, but he's like a professor. He's got, like, shaggy oh, yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah. Remember oh, totally. him? Yeah. So, all they did was they invented one new character that would introduce shorts, and then they would just show their old shorts. So that's mm-hmm. how they Disney kind of broke into the TV thing when TV first broke out. Mm-hmm, sure. So I want to have a scene where Donald and Daffy discover this Ludwig von Drake character is taking their jobs and just showing their old work and they're not getting any royalties. And they decide to team up and sabotage Ludwig von Drake. But they hate each other so much, Donald and Daffy, same way they were in the first movie. Mm-hmm. They hate each other so much that they keep fucking up their own attempts to sabotage this other guy. And so it completely fails. So I want to see that scene in my movie. Uh, but so for the ending of this, uh, Dolores and Roger they finally find they finally get down to um, Arcamaroon's son, 
who's like killed all the jobs. Mm-hmm. And they're like having a showdown with him. And they also, there's like a senator this whole time that's like Joseph McCarthy kind of, who's mm-hmm. been uh, in charge of like killing other jobs. So they, they're having the showdown with these two humans. All of a sudden, a cartoon character comes in and, sl- and kills these people right in front of them. And what he, this character is, is he's like, he was this goody two-shoes character that was like famous on TV named Mitchell McKnight mm-hmm. on the show called The McKnights which is like the Flintstones and the Jetsons, except it takes place in medieval times. He was the dad on the McKnights. Yeah. So it's just as silly and safe as Flintstones and Jetsons. It's a medieval version of that. Right. So we got to come up with a fake one to exist in our world. Mm -hmm. So this this killer the whole time has been the father, Mitchell McKnight. And the the reason he's been killing is he wanted to frame Roger. So, because he he purposely got all the old Toon Stars blacklisted, and he wanted to kill off all the competition. He wanted to kill the Yogi Bears, and the George Jetsons, and the Gumbies, of and the Rockies, and the Bullwinkles of this new world, so that he could be like the king of TV animation. And uh, yeah, and they managed to defeat Mitchell McKnight at the very end when we find out he's the serial killer. Sweet, that's it. Cool. This is very thought out. I applaud that. No. All right. Okay. So (laughs) I'll just say this right now. This is all off the top of the dome. (laughs) Freestyling this right now. So let's get it on. So mine starts right after they get Roger Rabbit up and they find a ship. They, I mean, they get into their ships and they decide they're going to take the Falcon and they're starting to fly off to go and get Jessica back. But little do they know Jar Jar has gotten somebody to go chase after them. He needs his own bounty hunter. And he's been looking for one and he's finally found one. Marvin the Martian. So (laughs) so he gets Marvin to go after them and Marvin is trying to catch get them and they're in the chase now and he's flying through the stars and stuff like that and they're shooting at each other and stuff. So Jordy says, you know what? We need to get on his ship and we can take out his ship. I found something that's gonna help us out. So he teleports Rogers to his ship and Roger ends up tricking Marvin to blow up his own ship. (laughs) So So before he does it, he gets back on the ship, and now you see the Marvel's just in space looking crazy and just going, oh, this is a crazy little thing right here. (laughs) 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 So then I can tell the basically the end. So they finally get to um, Planet Cleon, or whatever it's called, and they finally get there, and they fought everybody to get past them, and they're finally at Jar Jar Binks, and Jar Jar's telling them, no, I'm Jar Jar. I'm Mary. How did Jar Jar speak? It's like a racist Jamaican accent, right? Yeah, so... Yeah. I can't remember the exact sound of it. So however this racist speaks... <laughs> but like, Yusa kind of shit, oh, yeah. right? Me- Misa this, Yusa yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, John Jones, Misa, my wife now. You don't take her now. <laughs> with <like> Jessica? <laughs> yeah, with Jessica. And she's telling him, uh, no, I like the other floppy-eared one. <laughs> <laughs> so now... Right. So now the Cleons tell them, tell Jar Jar, you must fight a death to the to a battle to the death in order to keep her. And Roger says, steps up and does it. And he does all his little cartoon trickery, and Jar Jar's going crazy. And everybody thinks now, because Jar Jar tricked Roger, and Jar Jar might win. But Roger has something up his sleeve. He has those same handcuffs. He wraps it around, oh <laughs> wraps it around Jar Jar's neck, pulls him, throws him down, and. <laughs> Beats him. <laughs> this doesn't sound like rainbows and love. 
we're killing Jar Jar. What more okay, love fine. do you want? <laughs> fine. The only kill in the whole movie is Jar Jar. Yes, Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> fine. So now, so now he's been defeated. They got. The I thought he was back. getting his throat slit. Hold on. I'm okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And now he has his girl, and they're getting back on his ship, and they're leaving. And the Cleons look at Jar Jar, and one of the Cleons comes and whispers into the old king's ear. He's not a Cleon. He's not one of us. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them pick him up by his neck. And they're like, how are you struggling and stuff like that? And all you see is a big axe. And one of the Cleons is going, for the love of the Empire. And just <laughs> slices him in half. And there you go. We kill Jar Jar. You see Roger, he's back on the ship. And they finally put him back on Earth. And he's having it. goes back to his picnic with her. And they're getting everything is cool. Then that little baby from the short comes out. And you start up something new. <laughs> <laughs> Off the dome, son. I have one that. thing to add to Chris's idea. What if when Jar Jar gets sliced open... He was a tune the whole time. A cartoon there comes out of the neck hole, and it's something even more offensive than the Just original charger. Then they have to kill that, and they do. Yes. It's Christopher Lloyd again. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like it's like one of those racist ones from like the 30s or 40s. Ooh, like some that, song that, of the South shit. That was inside of Jar Jar the yeah. whole time. Yeah, some song of the South shit. I like that. No, no, no. Spray Rabbit. It's somebody I got in mind, but I can't think of who uh, exactly he is. I don't remember any any like specific names. Well, we can find mm. some racist stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's all out there. No problem there. Something crazy and something goofy. <laughs> A cartoon that everyone hates. All right. Well, hey, I love all these scenes. I'm I'm sold on all three of these, but uh, right. I, I want to know what you think. All right. I mean, are, are these? Did these? Scenes compel you? Are they are they problematic? I mean, what's uh, let's let's start nitpicking some stuff here. I, w- I want to know what you think. All right. I'm still on Jack Black, so one of y'all can go because I'm. All right, I still maintain that mine is part two. Collins is part three. Chris's is part six. <laughs> we need to get some other people in here to come up with four and five. Okay. That's 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 what I maintain, because My, mine comes right after, like decade wise, comes right after the first movie. Mm-hmm. Callens is pretty timeless, but it still feels a little old timey. So I think hers is number three. Chris's feels very futuristic, so I think his is with the space and stuff. I think it's part six. Yeah. So that's my argument. I think we're all part of the same franchise. We just got to. Uh, I think he's just a too far in the future. Yeah. He, just, he's ahead of his time here. Really. I just don't think your guys' ideas will work just because <laughs> I'm, so, I'm being serious. It's hey, the fans little, are. It's a little too complicated. In you, think, draw- you think ours is too complicated? <laughs> yes. Oh, he's talking Star about Marxism Wars and Star Trek. And she's talking about a Why courtroom is drama. It is a courtroom like, drama. It's Chicago. She's talking about Chicago. What kid wants to watch Chicago? <laughs> hey, my movie it's, is not for kids. That's right. Mine I isn't either. Aaron you know what? It's my, a noir. It's not even for kids. This is an American audience we're pitching this to. Roger Rabbit wasn't for kids. The first movie wasn't for kids. It's well, a pretty okay. rough movie for children. This this leads but me. But these are kids of the eighties. Come on. That's right. This leads me to my uh, surprise bonus round, and I do this Uh-oh. every episode. I've done this every episode. Well, uh, has there been one episode? Okay, I brought yeah. my own gun. So just to let you know, so if we got to kill one another. I'm ready. So, so <laughs> please no. Based on what I've heard so far, I have uh, uh, three questions, I think, and I'm going to ask those now. Warning. Final round. And uh, Not later? 
Yeah, right now. Wow. So this is All the right. bonus bonus final surprise round. Oh, surprise. Um, okay, there's three things I want to know. Mm. What's the budget? Okay. All right. Um, who's the audience? And is Richard Williams attached? Uh, okay. Budget, 70 mil. Same as the original. I think it would. I think it would work now that we have uh, updates and technology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, we have The Rock and Jack Black attached, and they're going to cost some cash. So maybe we should up it to a hundred mil. No, I'm going to go to eighty. So eighty mil. <laughs> uh, what was the second question? The audience, everyone. They were. This is the lowest common denominator film. We want everyone to enjoy this. This is for families. We are releasing this on Thanksgiving so mm-hmm. that everyone can go and enjoy it with their grandma, grandpa, little freaking babies. I don't even know. Everyone can watch this film, but it's also going to be dark. For the adults, and but weird for the kids. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, what? What was the last one? Oh, is Richard Williams attached to it? He was the animation. He's the director. yeah, like one oh, of the sure. best living animators. He directed yeah, why all not? Baby Herman or animated all of Baby Herman. Right. Yeah. Why directed not? The rest of the animation. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't want this to be a shit film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe you want to, you know. Get I might mean, want some, some quality. You, you never quality know. animation. You know, I don't want it to be total crap. Only crap that people will buy. So same art style, we're going. Yeah, I was to- I was toying with making it 3D because that's just kind of the world we live in. But Space mm-hmm. Jam's got that covered, and I'm not doing the Space Jam crossover. You got Olaf and Minions in there, so you got some 3D. Yeah, but I think you could make them you 2D. Mix them in. Mix them in. You could mix them in. That's true. I mean, who cares? You know, that's okay. how Roger Rabbit was made. The original mixed live action. Who in 2D? gives a shit? You could yeah. just add a third uh, thing. Yeah, there's yeah. all these dimensions. You know, like we can only see in 3D, but it, there's it transcends space and time. Okay. Roger Rabbit and uh, the tunes. Cool. Tw- the 12 Angry Tunes. Now, if you were to, uh, because I get the feeling everybody's going to say that the audience is everybody. Uh, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I was going to say narrow it down, but um, yeah. Well, you can make Callan narrow it down. Sure. Give her a challenge. Narrow it down. Um, okay. I mean, of course, every, you know. Do you want me to come up with like a specific audience member? Well, because, you know, there's all kinds of, I mean, you know, all kinds of people are going to watch this movie, but, you know, if you're looking, your you're prime demographic that you're looking Who are you trying to, to hook? see this movie, who is it? Um, well, to make myself happy, I want like those angry film nerds to see it and get mad. Because okay. I, I find that enjoyable um, <laughs> when they just get so pissed off about something that's so dumb. Because this mm. is dumb. I'm going to be real here. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue that this is an, an award winning film. This is really stupid, but it's going to make money. It's going to make a lot of people mad for that. So, angry film nerds, the okay. ones who have podcasts. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike. All right. Question one budget. I'm going to say same as the original. Okay. And I'm going to offer to animate any scene for free because oh, wow. I love this movie so much. Okay. So, hey, I'll, I'm offering my services for free <laughs> to help make, push it. It's very, I'm not going to be able to animate more than a couple scenes, but, hey, I'll, I'll do it for free. It's very selfless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or is it selfish because you're the audience? Yeah, too. Audience, <laughs> this movie is for me. This is a, this is a passion project. I want to see what happened in the original universe. I want to see it just keep going. But it's for anyone else who's obsessed with this movie as I am. Uh, so my audience is, we don't care if this doesn't make any budget. We just want to make a faithful sequel to the first movie. Gotcha. You hear that, producers? Mike says he's willing to work for experience. Yeah. This is your chance right now. This is my entire life is leading up to the moment that I get to make this movie. 
And then, uh, <laughs> and then after that, it's over. And he digs. And then I, I commit suicide the, on opening night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I chug Drano at Grauman's Chinese Theater and die right out front. Oh, that's not as and then Roger Rabbit around you as your master. Whatever <laughs> happened to Roger Rabbit premieres. You got to go out the way. Uh, what's the dude Highlander went out? Oh, or no, I get a I get a piano dropped on my head. There we okay. go. I get a piano we dropped on my on head in front film. of. Yeah. Grauman's Chinese Theater. Oh, I love I like that. that. And then Richard Williams. Yes, of course he's involved. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's, I, he's, I didn't, I didn't have a role for Baby he's, Herman. He's like eighty something. I mean, yeah. he could be like a supervising producer or something. He has a son that teaches at CalArts too, but okay. but I've heard mixed things about that guy. So I don't know. I'll I'll let let's Richard Williams consult. Let's let's say let's leave it at that. He can consult. He can help me weave Baby Herman into the storyline because I couldn't find a place for Baby Herman. All right. <laughs> Fair. Cool. I'm going to go hot take and start right here. Richard Williams is not involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. We can give him a cameo, like Stanley, maybe. Sure. And then oh, I like animate that. one and two scenes. But other than that... Would he be from the Star Wars universe, the Star Trek universe, or would he be a voice of a tune? <laughs> He, d- he did the voice well, of Droopy okay. in like the first this. movie. If, if oh. we there we go. Do, if Droopy, we do allow him to be involved, we'll let him choose what he wants to do. Oh, that's so other sweet. Than that, other than that. <laughs> it's all love and rainbows. Other than that. He gets one thing. That's all you get, Richard Williams. <laughs> he doesn't because need we anything start, more. We want to start fresh and new. And our budget, we want to go a nice, nice 150, 150, 125 mil. I think okay. I mean, once you get the Star Wars universe in there, and, I think that's and perfect it's a lot of because CG. we can. Well, even though it's a lot of CG, I think that because it's a lot of space stuff, I think that we can get really, really goofy with stuff and not have to be too complicated with things. And a also, lot of Starfield backgrounds. Yeah, a lot of oh, Starfield sure. backgrounds. <laughs> this is J.J. Abrams, though. He he spends Abrams, the money. Well, not only just, actually because it's J.J. Abrams, we already have assets. True. We're going to recycle, <laughs> baby. Reuse the assets. We're going to reuse assets in this movie. Digitize all the original uh, Roger Rabbit cells. You yeah. got more assets. You're thinking, man. You're yeah. thinking. When you see that little flicker <laughs> on the screen, like, was he just doing an animation just because of nothing? <laughs> no. Hey. So it's a, a 125 mil shoestring budget? That's yeah. yeah, 125 mil. Nowadays, it's a <laughs> Fair. But as far as the audience goes, it's PG. So the. People who are bringing in the nerds and stuff like that. Basically, whatever the audience for, I would say, whatever the audience for Incredibles is, that's our audience. Okay. All right. So we're getting the kind of people who love cartoons, but who's also loved a little bit of the nerdy stuff. We're kind of bringing them in. So maybe some nerdy father has a kid and he wants to go see something that's Star Wars, but he wants to bring his kid in it. We got all the Disney characters in there. All right. <laughs> Love and rainbows. Yeah, I, I, Chris had a good point there of, of saying the rating of his. Mine's hard R. <laughs> <laughs> Borderline Mine is violent, blood, guts. Had to remove There's a cursing. Scene so you I'm introducing get cursing. Yes. There's going to be f bombs right and left. See, I, I mean, you come across a murder, George film. Jetson, you're going to say fuck. That's that is happening in my movie. So, so mine's hard R. Yours is going to be what is it? Uh, Miramax's Disney's. Uh, See, yeah, a uh, little studio that they have on the side that they let hey, away with Disney stuff. now. A Deadpool is now a Disney character, and they they got away with some shit with Deadpool. So, and that's my argument of like how I can make this a hard R. I mean, okay. sure. I think if you're trying to sell this as like this is the real sequel to Roger Rabbit, like yeah. I think making it a hard R is uh, maybe going a little off the the path of that. But I support it. 
I think it's. I'm into it. I disagree. It's a crazy idea, and I don't think it'll work. And frankly, if I was Walt. I would hop up in the grave and stop this. <laughs> <laughs> he was cremated, so he'd have to come back together and then stop it, or like be a wait, ghost wait, 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 cloud, wait. like you, rematerialize. How do you know he was cremated? How do you know we don't have frozen. A, yes, we have. He's well, not we, frozen. We do not have Walt Disney frozen. I'm not. I wish he was frozen. That'd be here. way more interesting. He's cremated. I just know that. Yes, I know, he's I know cremated. Things. Yeah, yes. I've been to his grave. It's a very small little. Yes, box. everyone. What's he the, is cremated. <laughs> so, what's the rating for Twelve Angry Tunes? What's the rating for Jumanji? Probably PG. PG, probably. I'm going to go PG-13. Okay. Going to go, because so I think Chicago was rated R, and if Jumanji was PG, yeah, we're going to go in Average. between. We're going to PG-13 it. Okay, so whatever happened to Roger Rabbit is a hard R. Yes. Uh, Roger in Space is PG, and 12 Angry Tunes is PG-13. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I stand by that. No one's fighting me on it, but I stand by it. Oh, I can fight you on it. <laughs> if you're going to fight me about Jack Black, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right. I believe, uh, I believe I've heard enough. Um, I'm liking these ideas. Come on, big money. Uh, so the last time I did this podcast, I gave three awards to three people. I could still do that, or I can just give, like, here's the winner. Here's the winner. I'm going to leave it up to you. Uh, you can give us here's the winner, but I also would like a honorable mentions. Okay. Like most whatever. Yeah, I got I to gotta hear a full rundown. Yeah. Okay. Someone's got to come out on top. This isn't all, this isn't all love and punches. rainbows here. No. Well, okay. I'm going okay, to give the three awards first. Okay. Okay. So there's uh, the best movie for me, personally, the one I would like the most, the best movie for the franchise, and then the best movie for family audiences. Now, and is there one on top after all those? There's going to be one on top okay. after these. Okay, right. go ahead, please. So, the best movie for me is actually going to be Twelve Angry Tunes. Woo! Yeehaw. Yeah, I, I, I'd be looking for, I'd be all looking right, forward to that. Right. I think the most. Uh, He's biased because of the Twelve thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just love courtroom dramas. Don't and we all? Just the murder mere, mysteries. Just. Ugh. Just picturing 12 tunes trying to behave themselves while there's different like exhibits and like cases, you know, different speeches and exhibits in these just these holding up signs tunes. Yes. You know, Jack Black is a defense attorney. Yes. (laughs) Skin suits. And I've got everything. I want to see if The Rock can direct. I want to see. Don't we all? I want to see how that (laughs) ends up. So you're buying you're buying my ticket. You're contributing to this. Well, I'm buying tickets to all of these because that's so sweet. I like them for I love them for different reasons. Uh, the best movie for American family audiences is Roger in Space. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a PG one. Well, you're getting all the hot movies yeah. of today, and yeah. you're throwing it into you're throwing it into this. Yeah, I mean he's movie. saying it's not he's not in it for the money, but I mean no, I'm in it for the love. But I mean when you when you start throwing in all these franchises, it Disney starts. Disney owns all the franchises, so I'm good. <laughs> the only thing I would request with your movie is I want if Marvin the Martian is going to be a bounty hunter, he needs to have a scene where he's fighting uh, Boba Fett. Okay, uh, yeah. for the love, whatever you want. Man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I want a big dramatic scene where those two are uh, shooting at each other, and then I think best movie for the franchise. You know, whoever, whatever happened to Roger Rabbit? I think. Uh, it fits the theme, fits the uh, the underlying uh, commentary that the first movie has. Uh, I like the whole like you're you're placing it in a specific time period in animation history, which is awesome. So, 
and then I guess if we're going like with first place, it's also who whatever happened yeah. to whatever happened Ooh. to Roger Rabbit. Yeah. I, that's Mike Mayfield. Hey. Congratulations. I'll give it to you. That was the most thought out. Yeah. And uh, that, I mean, that deserves credit. I'm building off my favorite movie. What can I yeah. say? I had an advantage. You, you deserve it, pal. <laughs> I'm mining off the street from a Hispanic <laughs> dude on a corner that has your face on the cover. Hey, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still pushing for all three of these to get made. Yeah, oh, we still got to find the writer directors for episodes four and five. That's right. right. And then we'll have. I an think Chris is a six. Carolyn's is three. Yeah. Yeah. No, I four agree. and five. Maybe we get into Space Jam, the Space Jam one. And, oh, uh, that could be five. five. That, can get, that, us could to, that can get us to space. And you need a Fast and Furious one in there, too. Okay, that so Fast and Furious is four. Space five. Jam yeah. is five. <laughs> then that is six. As long as LeBron James is not a part of Space Jam one, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, I forgot be. about my happy ending. I'm just going to throw it out there. Sure. Roger oh. and Jessica's son gets his own TV show, a la Tiny Toons or oh, Scrappy-Doo. Cool. You know that trend of like a little cartoon version of something? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the Roger Jessica son gets his own show, and then Roger and Jessica aren't hard on the luck anymore because now they have a, a TV star in the in the bloodline family. We'll What's go we'll go with Tiny Tunes and that Scrappy Doo. So it'll be counted. Yeah. I mean it'll be its it'd be its own thing. But What's yeah. the son's That's name? That's my happy ending. Cool. I haven't decided yet. Robert. Robert Rabbit. <laughs> Robert Rabbit. <laughs> All right. Fair. That does it for the uh, sequel sequel podcast. I'd like to thank our guests. Callan, Mike, and Chris for coming on. And uh, hey, pitching these awesome fucking sequels. I wish these got made. Uh, Hollywood, if you're listening. So send us some, money so we, we got, can make them ourselves. I'll work for free. Our Patreon. <laughs> on a Roger Epic sequel, I'll work for free. I will not work for free. Um, Hollywood, you better pay me. That's all I know. And it better be equal pay. Oh, we got a problem. I will Damn find straight. Monique and help me out. Mm-hmm. We will uh, talk to you again soon on the Sequel Sequel Podcast. Uh, Until then, hey, bye. (laughs) 